entrepreneurs and welcome, welcome, welcome. So just a reminder that in the month of June, we're digging a little deeper than just kind of the surface level topics. I know we talk about a lot of things on the show, but you know, the, the guests during this month are, you know, they're raw, they're authentic, and they're, they're there to support you because I know many folks are, you know, potentially struggling with this re-entry into whatever this phase of COVID is. So I would love for you to go back and check out the previous episodes because they have so many amazing tips. But for right now, I am jumping in with the lovely Jen Karofsky. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. Hey there, entrepreneurs, and welcome to today's show. I'm so excited and so just ready to have this great conversation with my lovely guest, Jen Karofsky, who I've known for years now and is a beautiful human being. But just a little bit more background about this fantastic human. She helps people who want to positively change the world. Go figure, guys. That's what we like here. Um, she's a thought partner and coach to visionaries, change makers, and rule breakers. Who doesn't like that? Um, this by far is one of my favorite things with her is that she is a lover of messy conversations. I am a huge advocate for that. The messier, the better, because that shows we're human. She's got a master's in counseling psychology. She's a certified coach, all sorts of amazing, amazing things. And she helps people to break down barriers. So Jen, I've been looking forward to this conversation all week. You know, I love you. So welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I love you too. It's so nice to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Of course. So let's jump in. Tell us about your entrepreneurial journey. Cause I know you've had, you know, you've got the kids in the mix, you've got lots of different things. So tell me a little bit uh, about your background. Yes. Um, so I, I never even knew the word entrepreneur when I was younger. I didn't think about it. I mean, I grew up, I'm older, so, you know, people had traditional jobs and I went to school. I went to college. I was an education major. I got a job after college and it just felt really tight to me working a, a traditional job. I decided to go back to uh, grad school. I moved up to Boston. I left DC and got my master's in counseling psychology and went back into a traditional setting. And then I had my son. And when my son was born, um, he's 22, I didn't want to leave him. Um, I didn't want to go back to work. And I didn't think I wanted to work. Actually, I really felt like I was going to be a stay at home mom all the time. And I felt like I was missing out on some type of stimulation that was for me. And I started tutoring kids, bringing my baby because I nursed forever. And I would start working with families and bringing a child with me in a bucket. Remember the little bucket car seats? Yeah. yeah. And 
then my business just evolved from there. I was doing academic work, but I really prefer the world of psychology and my business evolved into doing family coaching. And then I went back to school again and again and again and just started to evolve working with people who were um, not completely satisfied with their lives, you know, whether personally or professionally and supporting them in that area. So it's been, you know, 22 years of my own business, almost 23 years actually, um, but always in the world of supporting people um, around life fulfillment and happiness. Which is beautiful. I mean, and that's the thing as you and I both know that there are so many people in the world, ourselves at one point included, that we're waking up going, wait, this is it? Like, no, something's Mm. off here. Like something has got to be giving a little bit more, which I think is why you and I are going to have a great conversation about that. (laughs) And I think, and I think there's a lot around, um, you know, honoring, honoring the feeling of, of, of being dissatisfied and not thinking there's something wrong because we do grow, we do evolve. And I remember, I don't know if you had this when, when you, when your kids, well, your kids are younger, but there's this book. Um, called Touch Points by Brazelton. And it was, it's an old, older book. And it talked about, you know, when your kid is six weeks old or three months old, like they start changing and something happens and they need, they need different types of attention or different types of structure or less structure. And I remember being like, oh, there's a transition here. My kid's going through a transition, a touch point. Yeah. And for me, I use that language. I use that, oh, I'm feeling a little funky here this much be a touch point for me. Yeah. What, what do I need to give attention to? And so while I've had this business for 22 years, it's looked really different over the 22 years. Yeah. Which is so valuable to talk about because I think sometimes people, especially when they're early in entrepreneurship, think it's going to be like what it is right now. And you hear a lot of kind of that strictness when you're talking about marketing and your avatar and you're this and you're that, you know, but they don't, necessarily understand that it's going to evolve whether you like it or not <laughs> like because you are because going to we evolve. right because we evolve and it yeah. depends on who you want to I find a lot of times my clients match me right right where I am um not completely but this we have the similar thoughts and and it's almost like do they have the thought and they share it with me and then I have the thought or do yeah. I have the thought right and I share yeah. it with them um so my like I said, the face of my business has changed. I went back to school for nutrition, you know, back in like, I don't know, like 12 years ago, I was like, oh, I want to really focus on food. And I was working with people who had a lot of food, you know, challenges. And I did that for a while. And then that didn't fit. Like the hat didn't really fit. I tried it on. I kept looking in the mirror and it didn't match me. So I took it off and I flowed back into a different direction. So I've learned to, to be flexible and kind with myself when, when I'm feeling those those rubs. I mean, and that's one of those positions. I think people are, I know I get nervous about it too. Like I, I love hearing you say, like I went for nutrition and that didn't fit. And I went for this and that didn't fit. And there's so many people who think that time is such a finite, you know, piece of whatever that they're like, Oh, I don't want to waste the time doing the wrong thing. Whereas doing the wrong thing typically leads to the right thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. You just reminded me of something that I want to share. Um, I grew up traveling the world. I had a, a really unique childhood and my father has a, a huge wanderlust spirit and he, he took us places. We lived in a VW bus in Europe for 10 months. 
I lived in the Orient and was in school, you know, in an international school in Hong Kong. And so I've experienced a lot of different ways to live and watching my father, although I didn't think about it at the time, watching him change jobs, try different things, not because um, he was unhappy, but also because he was maybe curious about something different has, has given me this, um, just this value of, of being nimble and being flexible and it's okay to change. And what I hear a lot, especially with um, younger, younger people is how do I know? And how do I choose? And what do I do? And there's a big struggle around that. And I had somebody say to me, you know, how did you know to go to grad school? How did you know it was the right, you know, the right Right. thing? And I, I said, I just wanted to go. I was curious. I liked to learn. I went back to school, like, it's because I think, I think exactly like you said, like that is not because of your childhood and we know the formative years and all that stuff plays in, mm-hmm. right? You, you weren't born with that, like need to stay stable, need to, you know, nine to five job, very, you know, yeah. cookie cutter existence, which yeah. a lot of people were born with. Right. And then I think it's very telling the fact that you work with people to kind of break down those barriers because you're, you're on the other side of those barriers. You're almost like the the kind of opposite of like, this is my normal. I did all the things I checked the boxes that I was told to make happy. Um, but I think those, those experiences are so valuable that you, I mean, and also I'm, I'm assuming, I don't like to assume, but I will in this case that you are very okay. in touch with your intuition <laughs> regarding certain things. I've, I've, yes. And I'm learning it's, it's, you know, we're always growing, like yeah. we're always changing. And, um, I would know when things didn't feel good, but I didn't know what it meant Right. sometimes. And because of all the external information, you know, yes, there's wonderful books out there. There's, there's wonderful courses, but if sometimes we take on, like I'm a chameleon, I'll take on yeah. what it says. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that's not me. So when I talk about breaking down barriers or, or at least acknowledging that there is something, it's really that, um, Yes, there's the external piece, but I'm talking about the internal piece of, you know, why am I being so critical with myself? You know, why do I think I have to do it that way that somebody else says, you know, why am I um, showing up so agitated and acknowledging where it's coming from and knowing what to do about it. So those internal structures that, you know, have were created a long time ago, you know, for, for safety reasons, we all have those saboteurs. Um, you know, how are they showing up and how are they impacting where I want to go in my life and helping people have that conversation as well. Right. I mean, I think, I think the, the topics that you're bringing up are, are bubbling to the surface for quite a few people nowadays because of the pandemic and because of everything else I'm hearing, I'm hearing left, right, and backwards, especially women, uh, maybe because I'm in a, I'm, I associate with a lot of them, you know, those kind of big existential like questions around my life being like, what am I here for? What am I doing with my life? All of those sorts of things, right? When you're questioning it. So what is, and I mean, you just, you just described it a little bit, but what's your number one kind of way? Is it get quiet? Is it, you know, to kind of be able to hear yourself and understand which, what is the next level? Is it just jump and figure it out? Like, which one do you think? Personally? Yeah. Yeah. So 
in terms of when I, when I'm feeling the rub, mm-hmm. so to speak, like I always feel like, oh, I have a little sandpaper rubbing on me. What is, yeah. what is that feeling? Yeah. Um, I have developed, I actually, even this year, just a really new practice around, oh, what's that feeling? You know, am I having a negative emotion around it? What's causing the negative emotion? You know, taking the pause, taking the moment, deciding if I'm going to engage. You know, a lot of times it's, um, it shows up with other people. You know, I do a lot of work, not only with myself, but with my clients around relationships, mm-hmm. um, uh, communication, um, internal you know, yearnings and how do you communicate that or when, because a lot of people swallow, right? They swallow everything up and they don't, they don't talk about it. And then it just festers. And, but to identify what it is. So I, I take a moment, I'll pause. Like even in this conversation, you said something, I'm like, wait a minute, how is that landing on me? Yes. Um, I don't have to react so quickly. Mm -hmm. And am I going to communicate from a place of centeredness or am I going to communicate from a place of um, a negative emotion, a negative emotion, or feeling like I have to say the right thing or do the right thing, which right. might not be what's best for me. Exactly. So the practice of sitting, um, I, you know, foundationally, I try to eat really well. <laughs> I try to, <laughs> I try to sleep. I try to move my body, especially, you know, I'm 53 and it's changing. And to be able to say, Oh, how do I want to look at my life in 20 years? What, what do I want to be doing now that my kids are getting older and they're going to have kids and who do I want to be? Um, it's, it's, I know this is, is so, but intentionally deciding, like really declaring it and kind of staying the course. I have to do that much more so now than ever before, because there's so much distraction out there. Like a golden retriever, sometimes I get way pulled off and I have to come back. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the fact that you said, you know, you pause before you answer because some of us are just so, you know, especially I see it a lot in people when they, they volunteer, they agree to do something before they even realize, before it even comes out of their, that comes out of their mouth so fast because you're, we're auto programmed to just go, yep, I can do it. Yep, I'll do this. Or yep, I'll look at this. Or yes, I'll do this, this approach on social media or this or that when you're not even pausing long enough to understand if it's even right for you. Um, right. Like you and I, well, we have talked about like, like that place of being very selective and we're in such a fast paced world. And I know, um, like that's such a topic of conversation. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but I remember when like, like I had dial up internet and it took forever. And now if something doesn't happen quickly, I get so frustrated and I have to pause and say, wait a minute. Yeah. Right. I am yeah. not meant to go at this pace. It, it's, it's too, it's too fast. And let me just slow down. Let me take a breath. And when, you know, when you read uh, like messy conversations, I say that to remind myself to be really messy, Yeah. to, to, to yeah. let it be messy, to not be perfect because within the mess is really great information. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, because we're dealing with people, right? Like, I mean, and that's, that's, I mean, (laughs) for my years, I've decided that people like to see things in boxes, right? They like it to be black and white. They like, you know, the order and kind of whether it's a feeling of control, but at the end of the day, it's extremely messy. 
and that's, um, you know, who is it that sings a song? Oh, it's pink, beautiful disaster. You know, like there is, there is something really beautiful and human about that. And what I, what I like that I'm seeing right now is I am seeing things like, um, on social media that are, that are normalized, you know, not responding to emails right away, normalize slowing down, normalize, like taking a beat. Cause I think so many of us were forced to take the beat with the pandemic that I'm, mm-hmm. I am hopeful, hopeful, um, that maybe it won't go back fully to what it right. was before where our schedules are so jam packed and people don't can't hear themselves think because they're running too fast. You know, at the, right before we started recording this part, I said, my father might FaceTime me. My father's 86 years old. And for some reason, because I tech is not my world, it pops up on my computer and I have to, if I'm on zoom, I have to say, yeah. you know, no, thank you. Because we speak every morning. Yeah. And before the pandemic, there was so much tightness around, around presenting perfectly, whatever that might mean, yeah. right? And professionally. And what does that mean? What does it even mean to be professional? And I think what we witnessed during the pandemic, even with the most established faces out in the world is a cat will walk across the screen. Mm-hmm. Children will, a yeah. child will be crying in the background. And that's, is it, is it messy? You know, it's messier than it used to be, but, but it's real life. You said, well, Amazing. that's real life. Like, you know, my kids are in my, in my house right now. They're, they're back home and this is my life. And um, I like the human side. I like the messy side. And I hope to bring that, well, into my conversations with my clients because they feel there's so much pressure yeah. for them. And you know, somebody's waiting. Like you've, you've probably experienced this as I have too, is when you say it, when you say, and you give permission for it, or you hold the space, like creating a safe space for it, it's almost kind of like an exhale from your clients. Because I think also we don't realize how long we've been holding our breath around things when you're just go, 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 go. And, you know, you're looking for permission almost for someone to tell you it's okay to be messy and human, mm-hmm. which, you know, one scares me slightly um, for, for humanity. Why? A little bit. <laughs> Why? Why? What do you mean? I mean, I think, I think when we've normalized this rat race pace, that is almost like sad, a sad place to be sometimes. I think there's seasons for things, there's seasons for hustle, but when that, you know, going at lightning speed becomes the, the 80% instead of the 20%, mm. you know, we see a lot more numbing. We see a lot more, you know, social media scrolling, you know, things like that, where you're not plugged in to life. And I think you miss things. I think that was one thing I heard from a lot of people around the pandemic was they were able to enjoy those moments, like yeah. the moments of joy. Um, well, I think, I think especially in America, I mean, Americans are, are notorious for being high achievers yeah. and they wear that as a badge of honor, yeah. but hyperachieving is, is actually very dangerous for people. Yeah. And they, um, you know, you go to other countries and they don't run at this pace. They don't run and yeah. say, you have to be working all the time and doing it this way and, and do everything perfectly. You know, they rest in the afternoons and yeah. they hang out in the evenings and their children are, you know, we went to Italy a couple of summers ago, thank goodness it wasn't last summer and, and being in these little Italian villages and at 10 o'clock at night and, you know, children are running around with their families and they're having fun. There's not this rigidity and this right way and how it's supposed to be that creates so much pressure. And when I have conversations, a lot of my clients are, you know, they're, they, 
they want success. It's by somebody else's terms. We, exactly. we, we, we redefine that while we're working together, but this need to achieve, achieve, achieve. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's, it's such a, a, a place of, of harm yeah. rather than, um, but we're taught it. We're taught it very early. We're taught it in, in school. We're taught it on the soccer field. Um, you have to be the best. We're taught it with grades. It's so, when I unpack it, it's so, so damaging. Yes. And, um, and I think it's really important to highlight it and be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, this is somebody else's rules, somebody else's structure, and you don't have to play by it if it doesn't make you feel good. Right. And I think that, that, you have to have your own definition of success. As I caught, you said like that you work with clients to kind of redefine what that is on their terms. And I think Mm -hmm. also that definition of success can change through different seasons of your life, right? Like you and I have spoken about like the chapter of life you're in, the chapter of life I'm in, and that very different, they're, they're very different definitions of success. If, you know, comparatively speaking to when I had zero kids or, you know, my, my family was stable or whatever that looks like. So can you speak a little bit about kind of, you know, the messiness that you're dealing with right now? Cause it's a lot, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to share with you. So I've been married. Um, I've been married a long time and I'm in a, in a transition in a lot of places. I have a child who just graduated college, mm-hmm. um, a child who's graduating high school, um, so big transitions there. I have older parents, so I'm pulled in that direction as well. Um, I am loving my work and doing my work and also doing my life. And they're, they're, you know, they're not yeah. separate. They're kind yeah. of, it's they're all together. me. It's all me and all of this, all me in this. And I, one of the, the conversations, so my husband, and I, we, we collaborate a lot in work. He is a family business consultant. And so there's times that um, I work with family business and he comes in or he, I come in and work with, you know, an individual within a family business he's working with. And, you know, we're always talking about helping people redefine, well, we're in a new phase. And so we're starting to have these really big conversations and people shy away from big conversations. But as I mentioned, you know, I love big conversations. They're hard. They're, you know, you grapple with things. They're not perfect. You sometimes walk away and it's not complete, but we're having really big conversations about what, what our marriage is, how to redefine it. Um, and allowing that to happen and sitting with others and allowing that to happen to say, Oh, you know, when we designed our marriage, you know, 25 years ago, 25 <laughs> years, oh my gosh, 25 years ago, um, we were, we were really young and what we wanted then might not be what we want now. So to sit in it together, to bring in resources, to, to help have those conversations, mm-hmm. um, that's a place of a big transition for me right now. Yeah. And it's beautiful and it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to go there because I'm really multidimensional as you are, as we all are. But I think a lot of people like, I always think of Flat Stanley. A lot of people yeah. present as Flat Stanley. <laughs> yeah. Remember that book? I love that book. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 that just, I will, I will suffocate there. Yes. I will literally suffocate there. And so I'd, I'd rather get 
really messy than suffocate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and (laughs) I, I just think I couldn't agree more with that statement right there. And especially with the the rise of social media and especially, you know, we're both in the coaching, in the coaching realm where it looks a lot different than it did even five years ago. Um, but yes, people present a shiny, flat, two-dimensional yeah. beings, which, you know, especially, especially in the coaching realm where you are, you have the potential of changing the trajectory of somebody's life and business. You can't necessarily do that, I believe, from a two-dimensional place um, where you're not necessarily going to get messy. Like, I think mess is a good thing because it's a catalyst for change, positive right. change sometimes, right? Right. I had, I had the funny, it just reminded me of something. Um, as, you, as you were speaking, I was thinking of like a whiteboard, right? Yeah. And, and when people have like a strategy. And yes, strategy is really valuable in a yeah. lot of places. But when it comes to life, I, I don't know where my, we're going to go when I partner with someone, um, they, they come to me with something. Usually there's something about three layers deeper. That's really where we get to, because Mm -hmm. I work with people for a long time. It's very deep, um, high impact coaching. So we're with each other a lot. It's very intimate. And I, I, love when I read something, I'm like, oh my God, this is such a great plan. And then I step into it. I'm like, oh, but it doesn't account for, you know, this, or it doesn't account for um, something else pulling me off track this, this way. And so really taking pieces from a lot of places, like you're in an art room and you're just clean what you want to make is, is, is fun for me. For other people, it's not that that's uncomfortable. Um, but for me, that's really fun. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm ever changing, you're ever changing, but our families are ever changing. Yeah. Right. So I don't, I, I, this is so funny. I, my niece was over. She's, she's 27. I don't see her a lot. She lives out in California and she was doing something in my kitchen. And I was like, Oh, um, can you just make sure you do this? Can you make sure you do this? And she took my, she took my face in her hands last night. And she's like, I've got this. I'm, I'm not gonna leave your kitchen a mess. And I, it caught me and I realized I'm like, oh my gosh, she's an adult. I'm even though I see she's that way, but I don't see her that often. I'm speaking to her like she's nine Mm -hmm. and I have to remind her, even though I don't. And it was a moment of, oh my, I can choose here how to, how to relate differently to her. And she reminded me how important that is. So following the cruise along the way and being open and nimble and flexible um, is, is, a, is always a place of practice for me. Always, always. Yeah. And I think I speak to, uh, when I'm working with clients as well, I hear a lot about, especially when they're making the leap into entrepreneurship or, you know, they're changing trajectory of their business or they're redefining their, their definition of success. You know, we speak a lot about how they're, the dynamic of the relationships that they've established up to that point change quite a bit. And the people are reacting to their change, you know, for better, for worse, um, you know, and also how, how to manage that as you're going through it and, you know, whether or not it's letting go of releasing certain relationships or, you know, stepping into new ones or allowing space for them to adjust and catch up. There's so many different layers, like you said, around, 
you know, you can change, your children are changing, your business is changing, your parents are changing, <laughs> your marriage is changing, you know, and I think people underestimate the, the power of change, period, in their lives, right? Yeah. You know, I, I, always, I had written down a while ago and I never really wrote about it, but it was like, you know, we do, we, we have like a maintenance plan on our car and we have a maintenance plan on all of our appliances. And we're like, oh, we're going to renovate our kitchen or maybe we're going to paint this room. But it, that's really nice, but it's, where's my maintenance plan? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Where, where's my renovation? Um, and we, we do it subtly, but to sit in the muck of it all and really focus in on what am I choosing now? What matches me now in my business too, right? What, what do I love? Oh, I know I set this up and my website looks this way and I spent a lot of money and I, and I did this and, oh God, that just doesn't match me anymore. It doesn't right. match the conversations that I want to have anymore, the way I want to be in service anymore. And and a lot of people won't, you know, won't renovate it. They won't do it. They're scared that they're going to lose their clients, um, their following, their impact. And I just think that, you know, we're, we're energetically called to different places at different times. Yeah. And those whispers are really important to listen to. Yeah. And I mean, in all honesty, I think at the end of the day, it becomes number one, there's always a choice. I've heard you use the term choice quite a few times in this because people forget. Have I? The, I say that all the time. <laughs> people, people forget that they that you are, have one and by not making one, that is also a choice. Um, but also, you know, in the long term, would you rather lose your following or that stuff, or would you rather lose yourself? Mm. And I think right. that is where, you know, that, that fear is actually, it, it's sabotaging the hell out of you because imagine what you could bring to the world if you were listening mm -hmm. and if you weren't so scared and, and seeking external validation, right. And you were looking for the internal over the external right. on some levels, um, which I think social media has compounded 50 times over <laughs> for folks. It's crazy. Um, uh, you know, I, I think develop it when we know that something's not working, um, and we know we want to change it, but we don't know how, right? right? We don't know how. So it, a lot of times people come to me and they're like, like, I'm just not happy. I don't know why. Right. Yep. To uncover what that is, but also to develop a practice on that, on how you will change things, because there's a lot around, like, just go do it. Just be happy. Just do this. And, if it and was yes, that easy, nice. I think we all would have done it. Duh. Right. And, and sometimes though you like, oh yes, that's a great reminder. But other times it makes you feel really shitty because you're yeah. like, oh, I, I can't do that because you haven't uncovered like your powers. Like we all have these abilities to, um, to be creative, to um, I, identify what's most important to us, to take action, you know, in alignment with that. But we have to figure out what that is first. So sometimes you're, you know, you're standing in the salad dressing aisle and you're like, okay, I'm going to try like these 10. Yeah. And next time I'll try these five. Right. But to be in conversation with someone you trust around the fact that it is not a clear line. Right. And you want to figure out 
what it is that you're looking for um, so that you can develop a practice. I use the word practice a lot only because it's, it's, it's not a one-time shot. It's not going and reading a book and being like, this is it. It's developing some type of embodied experience around it and deciding how do I wanna feel? What words do I wanna use? Who do I wanna surround myself with? Um, it, it really being incredibly selective mm-hmm. and, just, and that place, of, and I, I talk about embodiment a lot in my work because I bring it in not only for myself and my family, but with my clients around how does it, what's the shape of me now? Right. Right. I shape shift a lot. What's the shape of me? How do I want to show up in this place in this way? But I can't do it one time. No, no, it's a constant evolution. And I think for, for a lot of folks, and I mean, I'm guilty of this too, throughout, throughout the years, you feel like it's a set it and forget it, right? You're like, well, once I get here, I love that set it it and forget it, right? (laughs) Once I, once I insert whatever the action is, I'm good for the rest of my life. And, Mm -hmm. and I think again, that kind of black and white, you're either good or you're bad, like thinking is, is extremely harmful because it locks people into a box it puts a box around you and there says, well, you know, despite what's going on around you and whether or not you are a changed person, because, you know, like you said, 25 years into a marriage and a lot happens in that time, you still have to stay in this box because this is the box of identity that's been created and, you know, you can't evolve, um, which it always amazes me, especially when I ask some, you know, people who are probably like forties, forties, fifties, like what makes you happy? And they look at you like they, like you have five heads right? <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? What makes me happy? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, and I'm like, well, th- start there. <laughs> right. <laughs> start right. with asking the questions to your point, right? Like get below kind of the, the 10 steps to 10 steps to fulfillment in your life articles that are out there, which I don't know about you. Those drive me bonkers. Cause that really like, is everybody following those exact 10 steps and is it working right. without the messiness? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, That's interesting. You know, th- when you ask my practice and I, I want to be very clear, like my practice is not someone else's practice. Exactly. And I am not trying to teach someone my practice mm-hmm. through experience, through conversation, through, um, you know, lots of different trainings, there are really useful tools out there for different times in our lives. Um, And to pick and choose, like you're at a buffet and you don't have to eat everything. You have to try different things and then create the combination of the plate that, that really matches you. But like you said, don't set it and forget it. It's, you know, in five years, my practice might be really different. Yeah. But at this point in my life, I know foundationally what makes a difference in my life. Yeah. And I know when I'm off course that I'm not honoring what makes a difference. I know that now I could choose it, but at least I can look in the mirror and be like, oh, you know, Jen, you, why are you going down that path? You know, it doesn't feel good. You know, you're not your best. You're not, you know, the best partner. You're not the best um, person professionally, you're not the best mom. What, what is it? And sometimes we kind of flow over to the dark side. We kind of check it out and it, there's valuable information in, in the shadow side of things. Exactly. Um, I, I, I go there. I like to check it out. And then I bring myself back over and say, okay, well, this, this is the course I want to be on. 
I know right. things are going to come and blow me off, but get back on and it's okay to, to, to fall off or get blown off. But oh, if you yeah. haven't even, if you haven't even started with, you know, put it in business terms, a current state analysis of, you know, yourself, your life, whatever yeah. it may be, you know, you don't know when you've, when you've fallen off, you don't know how to get to your ideal state. You don't, you know, you're, and it's not about, I want to make sure we clarify here. It is not about like, here's my goals. My goal is this, and I will, you know, stick to a rigid yeah. schedule and life will not get in the way. And I'm going to, you know, hustle my way through. That is not what we're talking about. We're talking about like when real life comes at you, like you have to be able to adjust for that. And oftentimes people make it look a lot easier by the 10 steps or by the, you know, do these two things and you'll be a millionaire, that kind of instant gratification crap. Right. 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 And it, and it, and it's nice information. And there are times that I have, you know, up on my wall, some words that really resonate with me, but then, then I might catch and be like, actually, that doesn't match anymore. Thank you for the reminder. And I take it down. I don't need it anymore. I'm willing to change and morph and evolve. And, and, um, you know, there's times when we're feeling one way. And we know it's not working anymore. And I, I said shape-shifting, like I, I have to change my shape um, and show up differently. In order to do that, I have to kind of break free of the shape I'm in. And I'm in a space that's unfamiliar and really vulnerable. And um, I have to be really kind with myself around that and really up, up my attention towards um, taking care of myself in a way that matches what I need at the time. Right. right? Right. Um, until I develop my new shape and I am able to be like, Oh, this is now, this feels solid. And, um, I know where I'm standing now, but it's, it's, it is that it's always changing. And I think people are really scared to break free of one shape. Um, yes, because it is vulnerable and people sometimes say, oh, it's weakness, um, <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's not, it's I mean, not. It's, it's, it's growth. It can it's feel human. really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but when did we get so afraid of being uncomfortable? Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, when did that happen? Yeah. I mean, I'm always, I'm always a fan of kind of normalizing the, I say like normalize the non-popular emotions. Oh, right? yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like sadness. Like sometimes I had a girl say to me once um, during a speaking engagement, she was like, but Michelle, I'm just sad. What can mm-hmm. like, and it was obviously it wasn't a depression situation, but I just said, I was like, so maybe you're just sad. Like yeah. that's okay. Whereas like we, we don't always have to be shiny and beautiful. And like we said earlier, two-dimensional, like vulnerability, sadness, you know, grief, all of those things play, have equal weight. And, and, and not knowing how to make a decision and, and, and not knowing the answer right away. We, we, I think that with all the gifts of technology, the fact that we can figure out things so quickly Mm -hmm. with information is confusing almost for our nervous system. Like we're confused because if I can um, Google something and get the answer immediately, why can't I figure this out, this internal thing immediately? Yeah. Um, Why can't we? Because we're still just 
a species that has to figure things out through right. practice and, and screwing up. And um, we are not a computer. <laughs> no. You know? And I mean, there's we're so many not. mysteries and we're also individualized, but they've tried, you know, society or whoever you want to say has tried to put again, everything in kind of neat little boxes because that's, it's organizing and you can keep the, right. you know, keep things nice and neat that way, but and make it fast. Yeah. And make it fast. Exactly. And make and it fast and convenient. and convenient. And so even, you know, with thinking about entrepreneurship and, you know, going from, you know, nothing to six figures right away, or, you know, coming up with these systems or, you know, all of a sudden mm-hmm. you can have this email list because you can buy this template and you can follow somebody's email, yeah. you know, figure yeah. out it, it, <laughs> that might work. But quite often it Doesn't. really makes people feel bad it does. about yeah. themselves. Yeah. And then they go, oh, I can't do this. I'm not. I'm the problem. I'm the problem. <laughs> yeah. I'm the problem. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're, you're not the problem. You're not right. the problem. You were sold um, a bill of goods that is not compatible right. with the majority of humans. <laughs> like- right. But it plays into self-worth and it plays into value and it plays into intelligence and it plays into um, people uh, believing that they're not capable. And that's, that's where I like to bring people back to, wait a minute, that's all just inner critic language. And there's another part of you to listen to. You know, we have many parts of self and there's a part of you that can can innovate and be kind to yourself and figure things out and do it your way and have the life you want and create the impact you desire without feeling bad. Right. It doesn't always take pain, like no pain oh, and pain. And I'm like, really? does it really? That is such bullshit. I hate it's that. such bullshit. You know, and I think you bring up a very good point around you know, evolution takes time, folks. Like you can't, I, I cannot, cannot stand the like zero to a million or, you know, this, this, you know, band-aid will fix all of your issues in your life, you know, whatever that looks like, because then also I think you do yourself a disservice because you miss the journey and all the learnings that come with that and the exploration and, and stuff. But then also, you know, it's, it's just, it's not going to work. It's a band-aid. The other stuff is still there, still underlying all the stuff. And right? you can, and you can have what you want. Yes. I believe that yes. I, you might not have it next week. Mm-hmm. You might not have it in two right. years, but you can build the business that you're imagining, you, yes. you know, and have the life you want. I don't know when that will happen, right. but I do believe it's possible. Always. There's always possibility for it. Yeah. Um, and And also having it when you're feeling really good about yourself, that yeah. it's not just um, the money in your bank account. Exactly. It's, it's an abundance so it's, of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it does, t- it is that evolution. It, it does take time and it does take work to, yeah. to build this business that you're imagining. I mean, I, my business at the beginning was very different. It was very different and financially it was very different. And financially I wasn't, I didn't really think about the financial side of things early on in my business. That wasn't my primary goal. It was really um, to be stimulated, to be in service, to um, be around people who wanted to have these these 
conversations and figure things out within their families. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm always redesigning. I mean, I'm redesigning now. I've had clients come to me and say, we really want this. And I'm like, oh, um, okay. I, let me think about how, how I can pull that together. And that's fun for me. Other people yeah. don't like that, but for yeah. me to have, to, to cut, uh, like I'm always, I always customize my work with my clients. It's always very unique experience. Um, kind of like that buffet, right? I pick yeah. and choose and we, we design together and I, I start to listen to the clues, you know, what are, what are, what's coming up? What's the theme? What do people want? Okay. I'm going to morph that way. Um, because I like to do it. Other people might not, and that's okay. But for me, that's a fun place to play. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, it seems like it's the perfect marriage between what your audience wants, what you want, understanding mm-hmm. what you want fully. And the marriage between the two is where I feel like that, that feeling of success really does mm-hmm. reside in kind of the complementary pieces of one another. Mm-hmm. The um, feeling of fulfillment, you know, yes, and, yes. and, and like, oh, I, I did good work in the world and I'm, I'm, I'm going to bed every night and I'm feeling, you know, satisfied with, yeah. with myself. I know I'm in process, but, but I'm not beating right. myself up. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with my worth. It, it right. has to be with like, where do I need to stretch myself? Where do I need to grow and learn and, and get messy yeah. so that I can, evolve. Like, I love that word evolution. Yeah, me too. Me too. So as we wrap up, because again, you and I could speak for, for days. We have to wrap up on this stuff. Um, any kind of last tidbits to anybody who is on the brink of, of evolution, you know, kind of just one thing maybe that you would, that you would say to them. It's a hard I, one. You know, you know, you know what? I, I just think that sometimes these 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 last comments can be like, oh, these big impact things. And I I think deep down people know what they want. Yeah. I really do. I think in their gut. And I think it's very layered upon. So I invite people to um, find space that's non-judgmental and open and place where they can be challenged that helps them discover most what's what's deep within yeah that that gut feeling um people touch on it um they they can feel these moments of impact and they shy away from it yes and then it comes back around and i think we have lessons to learn in our life and there's there's work to do here. And I, I, I believe it's important to listen to those moments. Yeah. Um, they come back around. If we haven't learned the lesson, it will come back for you. We're gonna, it's going to come back again. <laughs> so it's it coming find, back. Yes. It keeps coming back. And um, I, I, I love when people feel satisfied and in, in their lives, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing to witness. And yes. so I know it's possible. I know. Yeah. And to find a space to explore that. I love it. I love it. Such a gift to self and to your pe- and to your family and to your clients. Your village. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. Well, this conversation is amazing and I know it's helped a lot of people. Can you tell them where to find you like your website? 
name. Yes, yes, yes. I'm at jen at jenkarofsky.com is my email. So right. jenkarofsky.com is my website. But I am going to give my phone number. Um, I'm a very, uh, <laughs> I, like, I like things really un- informal, if that's okay. Um, and people can call if they yeah. just want to have a conversation and of course, um, some space. 617-947-9300. And um, I always like meeting new people and seeing how how a conversation just can create beautiful insight for someone. I love it. Well, thank you, my dear, for coming on thank today. You. You have no idea how much I've enjoyed this conversation. So thank you. Always. It's always so much fun speaking with you about everything. So I can't <laughs> wait for our, our next time together. <laughs> So Jen's one of those people that, you know, every time we talk, we could talk for hours and hours and hours because I'm very similar to her where I I just love messy conversations because it makes me feel less alone, you know, and it really reminds me of the fact that we're human, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're in an office, whether you're a stay at home, you know, all of the things we are still living this messy experience of life. And I just think it's also very beautiful And sometimes I know I forget that there's beauty in the mess and that you have to kind of weed through all the crap to be able to see it and that there's lessons that exist. And, you know, I've always been a big proponent of, you know, (laughs) if something bad's going to happen in my life, you're damn right that I'm going to try to make something out of it, right? Because there has to, in my, in my mind, there has to be a reason why something tragic has happened or something negative has happened. And I look at it as a way to kind of fill my collective tool belt and expand the way that I look at the world. So I encourage you to do the same thing. Go back and listen to this episode again, or, you know, Jen gave you her phone number. So go call her (laughs) because she's fantastic. And she's serious about that because she would really prefer to have a genuine conversation than, you know, send you through a sales funnel. So please, you know, take advantage of that. And on next week's episode, I am welcoming my friend, Amy Kaiser to the show. She is, um, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different for the guests that we usually have guys, but it's, it's really interesting. We're talking women's empowerment. We're talking pelvis and how that is kind of your center of your energy. Again, a little bit of a different topic, but very much needed to speak through and kind of how you do the transformation in life and where your energy comes from in all sorts of different topics. So you won't want to miss it. Um, and as always guys, if you love this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review. And you know, as always tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life. See you later.